be the world champion with a body like that. I am Johnny freaking wrestling. And that's the bottom line. And now, your world podcast champions. Welcome to Rumbling Reality. Uh, I'm Ramsey, and over there is Travis, and I am barely awake. <laughs> that's that's awesome. <laughs> it's usually the complete opposite of the last five intros in a row where I've been like jacked up. Usually, I get up really early and go work out, and I get here and I'm my pre-workout, but a little tired today. Didn't work out this morning. I'm gonna come go after. What's up with you, Trav? Oh, not much. Just been up and up and up and down for about oh since about five forty-five in the morning. What is just, up and down? Who says I've been up and down on morning? Oh, you know when you have to get up and go to the bathroom, and then you go back down to just lay down, and then you go to sleep, many, and then you wake up. How many up stories and you go up of your house do you have? Jeez, how many stories? I just have one. I live <laughs> I on the top. When I think up and down, I think of like going up stories and like different parts. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, well. uh... <laughs> What do we want to talk about in the wrestling world today? Uh, Hell in a Cell is today, so we'll be getting to the little uh, who we're going to pick and all that stuff a little bit later. Um, what was one of, what was some of your takeaways this week on Raw and SmackDown and NXT? Um, it still flabbergasts me that uh, still that you have people that are just completely dogging on uh, on the fact that we still have old superstars that just don't they don't go away necessarily and I don't mean that in a bad way but it's they just keep relying so heavily on past stars it's it's getting redundant now yeah I mean it's it's we're kind of in a weird era we're in a weird era because like back in the day when you had Stone Cold and those kind of guys coming in you did have old stars coming in and out but they weren't like the main focus of the show Right, right. But now we're having these stars, Brock Lesnar, these guys that have already peaked, uh, arguably, and they just, I mean, Brock Lesnar wouldn't be considered one of the, maybe would or wouldn't be considered one of those Hall of Fame legend guys, but he is now. But I'm saying him, you know, part-time contracts. It's like right. this stuff, if these guys are not going to be there for the next 10, 8 years, why are we keep fo- uh, fixating and putting whole pay-per-views around them? It's just odd. AJ Styles, all these guys that are currently in the roster, almost just feel second tier. That they don't just feel second tier, they are second tier, essentially. Yeah, they're treated second tier, they don't get as much time on the mic, they don't get as much promos, they don't get as much segments, uh, as much advertising, you know, the posters, pay-per-view posters. I mean, it's it's crazy. <laughs> it really it really is, and it's it shocks me still that people just, for one reason or another, it's, it's like they think WWE fans this day, or WWE specifically, um, they think that we're just we're just programmed a certain way and we're going to just go with it and it's just getting to the point where i think the problem is is that when you got guys like we had for our era like your triple h's your undertakers stone colds everything like that they became such huge stars during our time that they pretty much eclipse anybody else that's on the rise you know what i mean anytime you put them on the show they're going to steal focus away from what 
you're actually what you should really be focusing exactly. on. And and that's and, and and you're right that back back when in our time when they were still up on the uprise, we would see legends come back from time to time. But with the exception of Hulk Hogan, Rowdy Piper, and a few others, uh, most of who which were still with WCW at the time, um, we wouldn't really see them interact. Matter of fact, most of your legends, like from the 80s and whatnot, were in WCW, so we never really had to worry about them coming over to WWE and stealing spotlights and things like that. Now, with WWE being the, the game in town, so to speak, I know it's not the only game in town to make money, necessarily, but with it being stateside, you know, that's the be-all, end-all, if you will, then, yeah, that's that's a big problem. I'm telling you, every business that's lucrative, growing, or whatever, you always, I mean, I mean I'm not a young guy anymore. We're not super young, uh, like, you know, teens and stuff anymore. But you always have to keep the younger generation in it so you constantly have people watching your program throughout the throughout life if you keep catering to people that are 30 40 50 plus those people end up being 60 70 80 you know and then die off and then sooner or later slowly you start having an unrelatable product with no with no real viewers anymore yeah you have such you have you know you have some main slots and air times you'll gain viewers if you start switching gears but Mm -hmm. if there's up-and-coming promotions that are doing that beforehand that's how you become second tier and how you fall off the, the trending wagon. Yeah, that's that's going to be WWE's. Probably it'll be WWE's big detriment here in about, I'd say, the next 10 years maybe. It's I really mean, working it's, on it, man. And New Japan coming in, people are getting more and more excited about these indie, super indie promotions getting bigger and bigger. I mean, I, it, Well, and it's like I said, the all-in event became our Starcade, you know, and, oh, and yeah. I made that – I made that comparison uh, on the last show when we reviewed All In, and I totally I stand behind that statement. There's and definitely going to be that Daniel second. Bryan called them recently the Four Horsemen of today. That, I mean, and I don't think he means that necessarily as in legitimately they're, they're like the Four Horsemen, but he means that in regards to the fact that they have now they're they're transcending. Well, they're paving the way. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're definitely becoming their own entity, which. For the for the most part, Bullet Club was that way to begin with, but now you know, especially with the New Japan War going on in the in the Bullet Club faction, um, that's we're at war with Japan again. Stuff. History repeats itself, bro. Do what now? We're at war with Japan again. History repeats itself. That was a very bad historical pun. Oh, what I was referring to was, uh, and for anybody that does follow New Japan, and y'all know this very well, um, there is a inner war in the bullet club right now so i heard uh, this a little bit but i mean not really not really too i mean i don't really care much honestly well it's it's something that's actually really cool because i mean it's like i was telling people uh yesterday when i was talking about this uh you've got you've got the bullet club that that we all know of with omega Rhodes, the bucks uh marty skrull hangman page but then you've got what are what is being referred to as the OGs or the Bullet Club firing squad, which is I mean, uh, Thomas. I mean, that's that's. I mean, I know of, I read about it, but you know what they're doing? They're just going to create a watered ass down NWO. That's you know, that's Wolfpack, exactly that was the comparison. Wolfpack yes, that was and the all comparison this stuff. And guess what road they went down? Nobody want to see them anymore. It became so just too many. They're just trying to make too much money on this stuff. If you just maybe if you just kept it. Like that, maybe just two. But I feel like it's gonna just keep going and branching off and become a lot just big. They just they know well, it's lucrative right now. That's what's happening. 
Well, absolutely, especially stateside. I mean, if you watch that all-in show again, you just basically saw a sea of different variety of Bullet Club shirts everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but my the thing that I think New Japan is going to try to have to learn, because, I mean, you got to remember, New Japan was the one that originally came up with the NWO concept. Eric Bischoff has said that before. I don't want to remember. Okay. Uh, so... The the way that they're they're doing this now is yeah it's it's basically the NWO Hollywood versus NWO Wolfpack again. But what's interesting about it is the NWO Black and White, which was the original, was the bad guys from the start, and then it was the Red and Black that separated, and they became their entity, and they became the, uh, they became huge and popular. The difference is is that Bullet Club became the good guys basically by accident. And now you've got the the OG Bullet Club stable, the Firing Squad. Now they're trying to go back to the roots of it and being like, "No, this is not. This was not Bullet Club. The, what you guys are doing, you have marketed Bullet Club. You have branded yourselves Bullet Club. But we need to get back to the basics, I mean, which see, is what the Firing Squad that is." That story is exciting. It's exciting in itself. I just feel like the longevity of it. Well, the, the whole thing, it's, it's definitely going to be something that'll it'll culminate eventually. And it's like I was telling people before, it will not surprise me because they're finally pushing uh, Tama Tonga as a main event guy. Yeah, it will not I heard some good things. I haven't really watched any of the matches, but I, he, I've heard really good things about him. Tama Tonga is very underrated. He has, uh, first off, one of the best-looking drop kicks of anybody in the business today. Um, but he's just an underrated guy. He's fast-paced. He's a he's for those that don't know, Tama Tonga is uh, one of the sons of Haku, who also was known as Ming in WCW. Um, and he's a legit tough guy. He's like he's no he's no joke by any means. And they're finally pushing him to a main event level. He's he's always been regarded as like a mid card guy for the most part. But it, as I was telling somebody yesterday. It will definitely not surprise me if come Wrestle Kingdom in January, their big WrestleMania-like show, it will not surprise me, which even though Tanahashi is supposed to have the the IWGP title match against Omega, I can really see it event, uh, making it to where it's going to be Tama Tonga versus Kenny Omega for the IWGP title. That's, in my opinion, the way it should be because of the way they're pushing Tonga at the moment. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm going to go with. And if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But I'm I'm standing by it, and I'm saying you'll see for Wrestle Kingdom one of the big uh, matches will be Omega versus Tonga. Um. So, what do you think the nice, bright red Hell in a Cell cage we have this week, this tonight? Oh man! They painted I mean, I... the Hell in a Cell cage red. It looks like some. Some PG... I mean, I don't know. Most steel structures, I've never seen them create a... I think steel, when it's pulled out of the ground, it's... I don't know if it's steel-looking, but it's definitely not red, like a fire truck. No, no, it's not. I mean, if anything, it's it's like a, a gray or a silverish type of uh, tint. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's weird. When I first... When my buddy first sent me a picture of it um, under construction, he was like, the cell's red. And I was like... What are you talking? What? And he sent it to me, and I was like, "Well, that's dumb." And then I started looking at it again, and I started watching, and I was like, "You know, as dumb as it may sound, it actually is somewhat different." And I, and yeah, I, I know I, that's the only thing. I was like, "Okay, at least they're trying different stuff." I'm like, 
It's well, like it's like it doesn't, it doesn't make the match. It makes it look harder to like focus on the match. Red. I'm thinking. I'm thinking so too. That might be really the only problem is the aesthetic that comes with it. Because if it becomes too much of an eyesore, then it's it is going to take away from the match. Whereas silver, you know, it, we're used to seeing silver. We're used to seeing silver cages, silver ladders, things like that. Now remember, back in the day, we did have the big blue steel cage, the barred steel cage back in the day. Um, and eventually, they even had one match where that steel, well, maybe a couple matches actually, where they turned it black. Um, and that wasn't bad too. I'm I'm a fan of black because I mean black yeah. is not like if the, if it would have been black off the bat, I would have had no issues with it whatsoever. Um, the red is still it's iffy to me. I don't hate it anymore. I don't think it's necessarily dumb unless it becomes a problem for for the eye watching experience. You know what I mean? If it if it takes your attention away from the match too much, then I'll have a problem with it. So. We'll see how it plays out tonight. It, it might be something that, while it's a minor change, it may end up being pretty pretty decent and pretty cool. But we'll just have to see come Hell in a Cell tonight. Yeah. Is it just is it just me, or does just, just Hell in a Cell feel so watered down compared to it used to be? Like it used to be, I don't know, I used to love Hell in a Cell matches, but ever since they started naming these pay-per-views, the, what they're going to be, and like you know have it focused around it, it just makes it feel so not fun. The gimmick matches, yeah. I mean, I mean, Money in the Bank is different. Money in the Bank actually, first off, it sounds like a pay-per-view name to begin with, um, but it just so happened to be what they called a, a, a particular ladder match back at WrestleMania, and it became its own thing, which is great because we all love Money in the Bank. Um, and it ends up usually being one of the best pay-per-views every single year. Um, it's much like the Royal Rumble. You know, the Royal Rumble's got its uh, own pay-per-view because of the match name and everything like that. So that's okay to do every now and then. The, but like yourself, I'm extremely underwhelmed when it comes to the Hell in the Cell now because we, we did. We grew up in the era where they first introduced Hell in the Cell with Michaels and Taker. Uh, yeah, Michaels and Taker. Oh, yeah. And then the very next year, we got the classic, which is the 20-year anniversary this year, which we heard about on Raw back in June of uh, Mankind and Taker's Hell in the Cell match. Um, Hell in the Cell meant something to us back then. That was the match that they didn't use consistently. It wasn't every single year you were guaranteed a Cell match. No, it came at a time when there was a feud that needed to reach its climax. You know what I mean? This is the blow-off match. This is the final, the final encounter, quote-unquote, of long-standing rivalries and that's what we always looked forward to was the crescendo would be a hell in the cell match for your biggest rivalries oh, now yeah. now they turned it since 2009 into like you said the, like we were bringing up earlier the gimmick pay-per-view where it's the name of the pay-per-view so you're guaranteed the match and it doesn't feel important anymore there's nothing Isn't special this one about of those it. things that you know wb thinks it works and then the fans love it and then they they, they overdo it this is a scenario where the fans love Hell in the Cell. WWE took the concept, and yes, they pushed it down our throats by saying, "Oh, this is a good idea. We're gonna we're gonna have a Hell in the Cell pay per view, and that way we're guaranteed a Hell in the Cell match at least one every single year." But the problem is, is you built the match up to be something important, something special, something you don't see all the time, and it only comes out in sporadic time. And, and now, isn't there two Hell in a Cell matches? 
Yes, there's two of them tonight. Yes. Yeah, it just, it just, I don't know. I mean, hopefully it's good and all, you know. But I just, I just, I wish they would uh, maybe at least just, just do one Hell in a Cell match and make it your main I, event. I do too. I, I think it would be a lot better off if they would just stick to the one. Like, I, I don't think I would be as upset about it as if they, like you said, if they just stuck to just doing one. I but am glad Jeff Hardy gets his little time in the time to shine again. Yeah. The thing with that, though, is... What do you think, how do you think that? They, they, picked, they picked Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton to have a Hell in a Cell match. I mean, they're not, they're not even, the, you know, it's not even the, for the you know, main title. Yeah, I, I'm still like, eh, I don't know about that. Because they kind of had a rivalry, but yet they kind of haven't. Because the whole rivalry started with Jeff Hardy being the U.S. champion. And we saw Randy Orton come back after Nakamura won the title after like 15 seconds so then we had this weird dichotomy of jeff hardy feuding with nakamura but orton coming after hardy yeah. so they kind of have a hardy and orton feud going but yet nakamura and jeff hardy was one-on-one -on -one at SummerSlam, and orton was nowhere exactly. near it until the end it just it, it it doesn't make it doesn't make sense like this wasn't a this I think honestly i think you're just trying so many different angles that it's it's starting to can it's good they're, it's good they're trying to make things different, but it's also bad because it's making people like me and you or lifelong fans think you just get confused. They're just like, it's, it's, I, said well, this I said this multiple times recently. It's just it's just so much stupid stuff going on, and nothing nothing's consistent, nothing's whatever. It makes you like I'll be honest with you. I I just watched clips of Raw and clips of SmackDown this week because I've been so I've been burned out. <laughs> I, I, I've said it at least, I want to say, two weeks in a row now, that it's it's been extremely difficult for me to actually sit through an episode of Raw. Now, SmackDown, on the other hand, I actually don't have much of an issue with SmackDown whatsoever. Um, it was It's it's actually the better show of the two, and, I, and I'm glad, because Raw is just a, a, long, a long show that they have a lot of downtime with, where there's not a whole lot of excitement. It's just not... It's not what we remember it to be. You know what I mean? And and I don't know if you want to attribute that to it being in the PG era necessarily. Just like, uh, I, real quick, I wanted to mention while we were on the Hell in the Cell topic, um, we haven't really had like the Hell in the Cell-esque like matches that we remember from childhood because you can't in the PG format necessarily. Mm -hmm. yeah. How, however, I did watch a video earlier this week that was recapping uh, some of the best Hell in the Cell matches. And they were list. They had uh, Edge and Undertakers from 2008 on the map uh, on that list, right? That was the very first Hell in the Cell match that was in the PG era, and it's actually a really good one too. That had a lot of violent spots in it, so it still kept to the essence of what we remember Hell in the Cell to be. The only difference was is we just didn't have uh, blood in it. Essentially, we had a cut here and there, but it wasn't like blood, like you know, like we remember from the day. So that's also been part of the Hell in a Cell's problem is they don't make it they don't make it a violent encounter anymore. They if you can't have blood on there, you can still make it to where it's a huge big deal and have a violent match. You know what I mean? Um, and that's where I'm hoping I'm hoping that Jeff and Randy understand that more than what Braun and Roman do. So, so real fast, we'll we have quite a bit of things to do just because we want to talk. So, we're we'll back to the main. I'm probably make it our main subject for this. Uh, so we've talked about it sure. so much. The part timers sure. coming back and all this stuff. It's talked about so much. But uh, how do you? I mean, how do you feel people like Mick Foley? 
people like Mick Foley that come back, do you, would you put him in the same category? He's there quite a bit enough on consistently shows that he's not really part of the main events, or it's still okay? Like he, That's the kind of, personally, I'll answer my question for you, that's what I like. I like people like that, that aren't part of the main matches, but still give like the people that love you know, different eras still something to watch they like. Mick, Mick Foley does it perfectly. He's one of these guys that understands the concept and understands that you can't have the attention on him uh, the whole time. So by bringing Mick Foley back, which we haven't seen him back since he got fired from the GM spot uh, last year. So, um, or maybe it was the year before. Yeah, was, I'm sorry, it was the year before. Um, so we had Mick Foley come back after being gone for over a year and a half, essentially, and he only makes appearances every now and then. And him being like a special referee, that's not that big of a deal. Chris Jericho is another one that gets that concept, too. When he comes back, he doesn't expect to be in the main event picture. He's there to help get the younger guys over, you know. And that's, that's the same thing that Mick Foley does. Can Mick Foley do it on the same physical capacity as a Jericho? No. But what you can do is you can put him, like he is tonight, in a referee slot, and you can give that aura of another time into that match, but you can still make the focus be on your two guys that are part of your current era. And that's that's what Mick Foley's always been good at. That's something he understands. That Again, that's what Jericho understands. There's certain guys that understand that concept. And then there are others... No offense to The Undertaker. No offense to Triple H. And Shawn Michaels is kind of on a teeter of that category because we don't see Shawn very much either. Um, but, for instance, this whole thing going up to the Super Yeah, but we have Brock Lesnar gone, and now instead of filling Brock Lesnar's spot with uh, you know new people, fresh people, Finn Balor, whatever, you have... Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley. There's so many guys who can go down. And there's, there's guys, personally, I think, before Bobby Lashley get a spot... I am happy they're giving Dolph Ziggler more time, Drew McIntyre more time. Braun Strowman, I don't know what's going on, went from Wyatt family to becoming a huge superstar. Now back to the group faction. I don't. Yeah, he's the he's like the leader of this thing, and there's no real name for it. I mean, it's it's a it was a team thrown together, and this goes to our argument we made about two or three episodes ago: is that they turned, like you said, a superstar, a legit star. Braun Strowman, who was organically over with the crowd, has no problems getting a crowd reaction. No problems getting the positive from everybody. Not one category, but from everybody. And you turn him heel? Mm -hmm. It's the... Of all the people. And again, they turned him heel after tactics that you can arguably say were the heel tactics of the Shield. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't. I mean, I can it. rant forever about Braun Strowman. This this whole thing. Yes, and and this is not. I want to clarify too, and I think you would be one to agree with it. This is not Braun's fault by any means. No. No. This is a this is a bad booking decision. That's that's what it is, and that's all that Raw has become is a number of bad booking decisions, and no real progression of other guys. I mean, they when we the, look back at this man, it's in a. I don't know. And when the history, when that when they do some. WWE Network, you know, we should have learned, we should, I don't know, some documentary about how they had horrible writers backstage at the time, Vince was on some kind of new medication, I don't know what's going to happen, but it just, it just, it's becoming like some WCW story where it's like, you should have been, 
they should have looked or they shouldn't realize what they were doing while they were doing it. Well, that's pretty much what they are now. And that, and we, you've made that comparison. I've seen number of different online outlets do the same thing, which is funny because somebody did that by saying who really won in the overall Monday night war, because yes, it was WWE who's still here, but look at the formula that they're using now. It's essentially the WCW formula. So who really won? You know what I well, mean? Well, technically, I mean, even no matter how you cut it, WB, because whoever's standing wins. But I know what you're saying. Yes, and, and that's all I'm getting at. Yes, I'm not an idiot, and I understand <laughs> WCW's gone. I know. But, that's, but they're using the concept, like you said, of what WCW did, is they're, they're not really focusing on building up an array of talent. No offense to Dolph Ziggler, but it's like I said before, and I know you're not going to be a fan of this, Dolph Ziggler's time is gone. He's not going to be a main event player again. That's he's not going to be a world champion. He's not going to be universal champion. He's not going to be WWE champion. That's not going to happen. And the Drew McIntyre, on the other hand, can be and should be and should be in the main event picture. And I hope by this time next year, we're talking about him being in the main event picture. If he is not WWE or universal champion by at least this time, if not by the end of next year, WWE is, is seriously screwing up. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, we have a lot of stuff, so here we go. I asked the question online, what wrestling questions do you have for me and Travis? And let's go through them because we still have the Hell in the Cell preview. <laughs> okay. All right. Travis, uh, LT Tony Silva asked, Sir Ramsey and first time believing in interact- oh, uh, Wonder your take on Matt Hardy brand announcing his, his uh, retirement. Well, I mean, I I kind of I've seen it coming because of all the stuff that we've seen on his Twitter profile and everything like that. Um, but my more important question to this is, how are you feeling right now, Ramsey? Are you are you okay? I'm pretty are you, broken. Are you going through? I was gonna say, are you a little distraught right now? Pretty are broken, little- bro. Well, I knew I mean, it was coming. We all knew it was coming. I just like I said online, I'm just really upset. Matt Hardy never got his real time to shine. It's like he made that. Broken thing, broken thing really finally happened on the Raw air. He had that thing with Bray Wyatt, which was amazing. Not not the tag team. I'm talking about the whole feud with him and uh, the whole vignette they had, which was a match was awesome. And they never continued on it, being one of the probably one of the highest rated Raws in a very very long time. Yeah, it got over. It was it was. It got over, <laughs> and it was such a pivotal point that could have really pushed him into the main event status again and they flopped on it and now that he's retired and never gets to reclaim never gets to have that WWE title one time it's uh, that's the upsetting the most because i feel for him because it's like he's so driven his whole life and i just always thought he wanted that title it just yeah sense. yeah but you know what i guess you can look at it and and this may be this may be a consolation prize for some maybe not for everybody but you know what? At least he became world champion somewhere. He yeah. was he was TNA or Impact Wrestling as it is now. He was their uh, world champion for a time being. So true. I mean, so there is there is that to look at. And yeah, that's true. I just feel bad because like I'm mean, you know me. I'm Jeff Hardy's my favorite guy. But Mal Hardy's always kind of been at least on WTV, always been the straight and narrow guy. Always showed up to work. Always gave it his all. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> well that we thought of until well I, mean, I said WWE era. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. <laughs> but well, I mean, even then, he was he was iffy at times too, according to that that. Well, you know what? He bowed out before it got bad, didn't he? That's that's true. That's true. He you didn't let it, it become a thing like Jeff on air. So kudos to him. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so okay. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give that to you. <laughs> um, let's see. Next question. 
by at old man river 71 our taker and triple h ruining the end of an era match by going at it again there is yes. really nothing they can achieve with this anymore because both can't go like they did at wrestlemania 28 okay first off um i would say the only thing wrong with that last statement there is triple h still can go triple h yeah. triple h can't taker no are they ruining their end of an era match 100 percent 100%. And it really upsets me, honestly, because I thought that was a perfect send-off. And I think you would agree with me on this. We were watching that match, and we were still as excited about it because, let's face it, Michaels, Triple H, Taker, those are at least three of our main childhood prospects from the day. You okay. know what I mean? And it was, it was truly symbolic because it was like, wow, we're looking at these guys that we've grown up watching. We're now seeing them start – they're winding down their careers, and they – they went ahead and did a match that was specifically catered towards guys like you and me. That you know, that was that was some of our guys that we grew up watching, and they catered to it. And now, now they're they are they're ruining it by having this last time ever. No, the end of an era was, was supposed to be that. I know. Don't don't try to don't try to say that end of an era. Uh, that's the funny part. It's a different be era because end of an era with Taker is like that's an old. It's like to me, it's almost like an older era. We actually have an era in between that era that's already been over with too, which to yeah. me would almost be like the Rock and Stone. I don't know the Rock and Stone Coldish kind of era. I guess you could say that's Taker's era too. But to me, the Taker era is almost further back than like the Rocks. Well, yeah, because Taker. I mean, Taker debuted in '90. I mean, if we want to get real with it, though, Taker... That's, that's, yeah, that's what I meant. Thank you for saying that. So it's like Taker's era, and then it's not, I wouldn't say John Cena's era, but definitely definitely like John Cena and The Rock, that was like the end of an era to me, too. I, I, can, I can agree with that. The thing with Undertaker, though, and this is what has always proven to be true, is now we can make the argument that Taker, not, not necessarily at the latter of his career, um, but we can say that he basically went through about three or four different eras in the WWE and was relevant in all four of them. You know? That's true. And it's also because WWE gave the time and put money and thoughts into him to do that, which they could probably do with a lot of stars today. But let's, yeah, and I digress. He, and he was loyal. He was loyal. And that, so that's you know? what it comes down to through Vince, I think. Um, Chase underscore runner one said, with the mis- mishandling of Sasha so far this year, how would you book her to get back where she deserves to be in the title picture. I can't hear you. Oh, I'll try. You're, breaking, you're cutting out. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I good now? Yep. Okay. Turn her heel. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's been talked about forever. I mean, should have been done. Should have been done be with Bailey. Nancy today because I feel like we're always negative Nancy's in here, but you know, they, they give us too much crap to talk about. Right. I mean, <laughs> let's face it. The, the whole Bailey Sasha thing, that. That feud turned back to partnership that you know eventually is going to break down into a feud again is dumb. It's the mo- that- it's the most horribly done, uh, anticipated rivalry in a long time. Yeah, like, I was pretty. It, it was pretty exciting. Like I was excited to see. A ba- I was honestly excited to see Bailey be heel. Maybe. Well, and I was. I knew Bailey. Well, first off, Bailey being heel, I get that it would have been. But once she turns, it would be a, been a Becky Lynch thing, but. Yeah, but honestly, I, I like Bailey being more of the heel because let's face it, Bailey got to her level of popularity playing off of a heel Sasha Banks. You know yeah, what I mean? True. 
So they definitely needed to go the route. I liked when Bailey attacked Sasha, though, because it was like, okay, Bailey gets it. You know, Sasha's kind of always been the one that's been the selfish of the two of them, and Bailey had enough of it and just kind of finally fired back. That was great. That was a great way to kind of finally, in my opinion, spark the feud, and now let's finally get a payoff from it. And they didn't even do it then. Instead, they went to the stupid anger management thing that they had Daniel Bryan and Kane do yeah. uh, six, six years earlier. Recycled. Okay. Yeah. Next thing. Um, uh, at HRB2358, his name's Harry Balls, is, <laughs> is churning Asuka full Muda Tajiri heel the only way to save her? She is the best in-ring worker in the women's division. Yeah, as, as a matter of fact, I was thinking about this earlier this week. Um, they gave such a promotion to Asuka, putting her on the main roster and, and literally pushing her to the moon. I know. And now, and now, ever since that she's lost her undefeated streak, she's had one notable feud since losing to Charlotte, and that was against Carmella, where she ended up losing again. I think again. we can thank good old Vinny Mac for that, because we all know Triple H is behind Asuka. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of those things where WWE has like their new shiny toy that's good for like maybe six months to a year, and then all of a sudden, oh, oh, yeah. okay, well this I'm I'm done now. What's what's next? What who's next? You know, <laughs> like exactly. What do I get to play with next? Uh, let's see. Next one at WWE fan underscore P one. What are your opinions the, on these guys? Aiden English before Rusev Day. What? Hold on. What are your opinions on these guys? Aiden English before Rusev Day and after Luke Harper after Luke Harper Wyatt family version and Bludgeon. Oh, okay, okay, I get what he's saying. He's essentially what he's asking is, how do you think Aiden English will do after Rusev Day eventually goes away? And then, how do you feel about Luke Harper's push uh, post the Wyatt family? That's what he's. That's what yeah, he's. Yeah, always Aiden English before Rusev Day, and then yeah. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I don't know the Aiden English. I don't know if they have really anything for him. So sticking them with Rusev as long as possible, even even beforehand, I think he's doing better now than he did beforehand. The singing gimmick was oh, whatever, yeah. but it definitely well, it definitely gave him something to sing about, basically. Yeah, yeah. So. It it was definitely a career saver for him because the villain thing went down really quick like extremely quick and and it was sad too because again another another example of nxt prospects that shined in nxt and then literally became watered down and became nothing on the main roster oh, yeah. and then and then simon gotch got fired so then you had aiden english by himself who i enjoyed his whole artiste gimmick that he did in nxt which he was, you for some reason travis i don't know why I, I don't either, but I'll take that as a compliment. I think it's like I, I you're like a you're like an actor kind of thing. You know, you're acting on the side, you know. Right, right. So I don't know. Um, Something about him singing, and I can see you because you sing. You Travis sings his stuff. He does a lot of stuff. I I, I I'm a man of many hats. Let me say that. So <laughs> some of them are better. But than others, you definitely have more hair than Aiden English. That is true. That is very true. <laughs> uh, Luke Harper, Wyatt Family version, and Bludgeon Brothers version, and he said, "Doink the clown." Ignore the Doink the Clown one. <laughs> I'm just going to say that now. Uh, no offense, man. We're not going to touch on Doink. Uh, but we're, but Luke Harper, Bludgeon Brother, and Wyatt Family Member, they're essentially the same character. Um, one has an axe, one doesn't. 
Uh, well, it's not even an axe; it's a hammer. It's a it's an Whatever. over it's an overinflated sledgehammer. Oh, That's no. what it is. Um, but I I've always liked Harper. Um, in my opinion, I think with Eric Rowan now being out for the second time, and he's kind of just left in limbo. I think this is the time where you need to send him back down to NXT and let him have a run down. And we in talked NXT. about that in last last episode too. And it's not uh, to me; it wouldn't be a demotion because NXT is on fire as always, and Harper has always been one of these guys that has been reliable. The only person the on fire right now, sir, is Becky Lynch. Yes, she. Yeah, yes, she is. <laughs> that that woman. That woman has went from become from being irrelevant to being the focal point of the SmackDown women roster. It's crazy. That that is an yes. That is absolutely crazy and insane. Because she was nowhere near that a year ago. Oh yeah, deaf, deaf. Um, so. last question. We'll get into the hell in a cell. Uh, preview. Uh, where uh at Joe Santiago three one six. Where do you see WWE in three years? Mm. Hopefully Ramsey, by I'll, then I'll go. So you can, save you some. You can say uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I meant. Uh, I think, hopefully, by that time, XFL will be started going. XFL will be going for at least a year or two, and Triple H will have more of a grasp on things. Shane McMahon and Stephanie McMahon will have more of a grasp on things. We have new, fresher people that are wanting to really, probably listen to more social media than they do. I guarantee you, when it comes to social media and people's views, uh, those three are better than uh, Vince McMahon. <laughs> So, uh, I would agree with that. <laughs> I, I think I think in three years it will be way different. I think it'll be better. Um, we'll see. Stephanie- Let me continue real quick. We'll see a lot of the stars uh, have grown by then. Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, those guys will hopefully be the main poster boys and be in the main feuds and not backburners. Okay, your turn. Um, so where I see WWE in three years, I, I kind of actually will agree for the most part with what Ramsey said because I've made mention of it before on this very show that once the XFL does start in 2020, everybody that is involved in this project of XFL's reboot right now has said that there is no way, and Vince McMahon started a brand new company just to launch the XFL, there is no way that Vince in his right mind could be able to do both WWE and XFL because that's what attributed to its downfall the first time. Yeah. So, so definitely I think we're going to see more of a Triple H and Stephanie McMahon presence. Um, maybe Shane too. Hopefully Shane will have something of a higher... I think behind the scenes he'll be there. I hope so. I really do because Shane was always known as being a guy who was a very underrated businessman according to a lot of people and actually was one of the best actually the best McMahon to work for according to a lot of people um, Stephanie I can though, see that. <laughs> but Stephanie still being around and in, in power she is literally a chip off the Vince McMahon block. Triple H though he may be the one that actually ends up leveling What do you mean by off. that? What do you think they do very similar that could hold WWE back? Because Stephanie is just like her dad. She sees it in one particular fashion. She has a particular vision for WWE in her mind, and it's not going to be altered. Triple H has already shown that with him running NXT, he gets it. He sees it. He understands how to promote wrestling because he himself was a wrestler. Stephanie has, let's let's call a spade a spade, she may have been in some matches. Stephanie's not a wrestler. 
She's never been a wrestler, okay? Triple H did nothing but wrestle for at least call two Spade decades. Call Spade a Spade, or call her a... Oh, I mind. I was trying to do a Jericho joke. I couldn't do it. Oh, you mean the filthy, dirty, yeah. bottom feet? Well, no, I was going to say, the, you know, the gore and the whore kind of bit, but I, it, didn't, it didn't rhyme enough. Never mind. The trash bag hoe. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you I've, been watching, I've been watching a lot of WWE 2000 recently. Dude, so yeah, nice. Oh, I always go back to that stuff, man. All the time on YouTube, I'll constantly just, like, when I my default stuff, I'll just type in, like, old YouTube. school YouTube. YouTube, you have the network. You know bro. how much faster YouTube is to find things than network. Oh my God! Please, W Network, make searching for things easier. Jesus, dude, just, dude, just I mean, go back and just go to the year two thousand on Spotify. But if you want to, I know. But if you want to like type in like Brock Lesnar getting his, you know, my, you know, ass handed to him by The Rock backstage, you know, some joke parody. I don't know. You'll find it instantly. And on W Network, you may have the whole entire freaking pay per view or whole Raw. And it's like, I'm not going to fast forward, scroll, rewind to find that three-minute segment. Now, fair enough. By the way, while we were on the topic of Stephanie, her collection is a joke on WWE Network, just for FYI. Really? And I haven't watched it, but that's my point, is why would they even put this together? It's nothing but segments. That's all it is. I think there's maybe two or three, maybe four matches on there total. But beyond that, it's just literally segments of her being in the ring and talking. <laughs> Sounds really good. Oh yeah, I'm I'm just I'm beaming to the network to go watch it. You ready for this? Uh, Hell in a Cell 2018 preview. Let's get it, Travis. You ready? Let's get this down. All right, bro. Done. Oh damn, we forgot to talk about Mick Foley in the as a special guest referee. Whatever. No, we actually, we'll, we'll talk did. about it when we get to it. I guess. Uh, we did talk. We did talk about that. We did, we talked about him in part timer. Okay, it's close enough. We okay. talked about him. Uh, mixed tag team match: Daniel Bryan versus The Miz and Maurice. Who's gonna win? What do you think about it? I personally, I have enjoyed the feud. I don't like WWE's use of Daniel Bryan since his return, but that's for another time. Um, I really, really need Daniel and Bree to go over in this. Like right. they 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 have to. I think I think they will. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm taking it. Yep, me too. Uh, Hell in a Cell, Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton. A weird match to be in Hell in a Cell, um, but I'm picking Randy in this one. Why would you do that? Why would you pick? Randy or, uh, Orton over Jeff Hardy. I don't know. Because because they're going to push Randy Orton to face AJ Styles next after Samoa Joe. That's true. I uh, guarantee you that's what they'll do. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, WWE, I go for Jeff Hardy, obviously. WWE SmackDown <laughs> tag team title match. New Day versus Barv or... Oh, hold on. What the heck did I do? First of day. I put I put or I'm look I'm I'm basically reading off the uh, list <laughs> from RumblingRumors.com and I put the new day versus the bar or Rusev day. <laughs> yeah, no, it's Rusev day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. It's the battle of the days. <laughs> basically, uh, who do, who do you pick? Uh, new day, and I'm calling Aiden English to screw out Rusev. I think uh, Rusev day needs the t- tag team titles. They are arguably, not arguably, they're arguably one of the more popular, they are the most popular probably of all those things I would think. I'm not talking about little kid merch sales off the New Day. 
I'm talking about who people would probably be excited for. I would be excited for Rusev Date and Rusev to have a title. I would too, but I just see Aiden English screwing Rusev over in this, so yeah, I'm taking kind of the feels day. Like too. Um, yep. WWE Raw Tag Team Titles Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins and Unstable Dean Ambrose They are not going to give two titles to Seth Rollins right now so it'd, be pretty good. It'd, be, it'd be different, it's been done in a while Yeah, not going to happen because guess what, that would steal the focus from Roman Reigns again, so they wouldn't want that oh, so. God, That's probably true Yeah, so um, yeah, McIntyre and Ziggler Um... Man, I don't know. You know me, I like Ziggler and McIntyre a lot. <laughs> I like Rollins and Ambrose too, by the way, just in case that's where you're gonna go. But I'm I they're not gonna they're not gonna put two titles on I'm set. undecided. First time ever. Nope, can't do it. Undecided undecided in the middle. Yeah, you better pick one right now. <laughs> I'll go I'll, who's I'm gonna go with who WWE is gonna make win? Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre with Braun Strom interference. That's uh, nope, not going to happen. It's just going to be straight up. I hope not. WWE SmackDown, a women's title match. Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch. I still think they're going to hold Becky Lynch back. I because I know how WWE is. We all know how WWE is, but I'm still not going to go against Becky, and I'm picking Becky tonight. Oh, we're going for who we want to win. Yeah, I'm picking Becky, bro. Okay, I'm picking Becky too, then, if we're going for who we want to win. Uh, exactly. WWE Raw Women's Title Match, Alexa Bliss versus Ronda Rousey. Alexa Bliss, 100-100% for me. Uh, I'm just going to say yawn and pick Ronda Rousey. It's too early for Ronda. It's, it, yeah, Ronda's not losing. Are you kidding? I know, but I would hope she probably, probably lose by Nia Jax interfering. <laughs> I no, watch. I could so see them doing something crazy, like have Nia Jax help Alexa Bliss again and be friends again. I could so see that. You know what? Say what you want to say. Nia Jax and Alexa, Alexa Bliss actually worked as friends. I actually liked them. Yeah, I mean they did because it just it, it gave just off. It seemed different. It was kind of cool. Like the it was like the older sister, like the, the sister, like always looking out for her little sister, and, and she always kept the title because of her. It makes sense to me. Alexa Bliss is way Small. smaller than everybody else. And so how do you have her defeat Charlotte Flair's and these people? You have to have some kind of thing. And that was Nia Jax. That's why I love that, that little pairing. Uh, so you went for Ronda. I went for Alexa. WWE title match, AJ Styles versus Joe Samoa. I still enjoy these two working together. Yeah, oh yeah. And, and their match at SummerSlam I thought was great. So I don't expect this one to be anything less. I um, Samoa. I'm, I'm AJ in this one. Okay. Um... Clear cut in that one. WWE Universal title, Hell in a Cell title match, Hell in a Cell title match. Special. Aren't there other matches? There's, there's got to be other matches besides these. <laughs> I think so. You know, what missing, you know what happened? We're, we're missing some. Hold on. <laughs> Go on. You know what happened? I haven't updated the match card on my RumbleRumor.com in about like five, six days, or like about a week. You, man. What is wrong with you? Dude, I've been really busy. <laughs> Let me see. But, no, hold on. I'm I'm gonna help us out here because I got this. Oh no, I'm right. That's it. Well, I mean, we have some, a couple more. I haven't got to them yet. You let me get to them. Oh, Roman... okay. Well, then let's save the universal oh. title for last, bro. Sorry, bro, bro. So the only one I missed was Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. What? No way. That's Dude, it's, only eight official it, matches so far. It's a four-hour show. There's no way. Well, I'm looking on Wikipedia right now, so hold your freaking horses. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, I'm not. Let me go to WWE.com. You know that website people used to go to? Oh, yeah, we used to <laughs> is the key word. <laughs> oh, my Remember Lord. When you were younger and you constantly, you, I would go to WWE.com like 15 times a day at least. I'd constantly, like, at least, I'd constantly go to like, the Rock Smackdown Hotel website. Yes. You remember yes. that? You remember that? Yes, when they had the they had the old websites for each of the main individual stars. Oh my god, I'm so glad you remember that. I used to freaking love that man. Stone Cold's website. The the Rocks was the best. Yes, it, they had the Rock. They had. Um, let's remember, see, they, remember had, they had the whole entire hotel. You click on different people and stuff. Yes, they also had Y2J and everything. Yes. Like that. Uh, okay. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, help me out. Uh, Travis. Oh, okay. I'll be damn. You were right. So okay, my oh, Roman Rumors owner is right. I take it back. You are you were right. No, honestly, it looked really confusing because I I had to I went to four different sites, including RumblingRumors.com, and I was like, this am I missing something? Because it seems like a not very many matches here. For a four-hour show, I mean, they better be able to deliver on four hours here. Yeah, like unless these these cell matches are going to be forty five minutes long, dude. Are you kidding me? The cell matches are usually always forty minutes long. No, they are not, dude. The last the last matches I remember they're at least thirty forty minutes each one of them. The longest hell in the cell match was forty five minutes long, and it was Shawn Michaels and Triple H. How do you go to hell? In a basket. <laughs> okay, so WWE Universal Title Match: Mick Foley's guest special guest referee Roman Reigns. Braun Strowman, who's going over, who's winning, who's eating the cake? Strowman. I just don't think so. I just think, as per usual, Roman Wayne's win. The only reason, mainly, that I'm picking Braun to win, uh, well, is, is there's two reasons. One, because they're, I think they're still going to continue this stupid faction between Ziggler and McIntyre with him as well. And they're going to want the three of them to hold all the three main titles there, the tag team and the universal. But I also don't think they want the fact that Braun's cashing in his money in the bank thing to go to waste. Mm. So I think I think they will put Strowman over tonight. So Strowman, he's already cashed his thing, right? This is this is what he's did. This is this is his cash in. Yes. You know what would have been an awesome, way better, cooler, funner storyline, Travis, is if he had this match lost the match, and then somehow got pissed off, beat Roman Reigns up with some kind of steel object, whatever the hell, and then cashed the money in the bank in after the match was already over. That would have been cool. Well, I mean, he tried doing that twice. No, I'm saying after the match he's already had with Roman Reigns. Like, somehow he lost. Oh, oh, I got you. It just sounds different. That I've Honestly, I've waited for somebody to do that because I've thought that too, where it's like you have the match that's not your cash in against the champion – and if you lose, then you immediately cash it in and you're getting a rematch. And there you go. Now you've got the title. Or what about this? Braun Strowman wins the title, doesn't cash it in, and then the next person who wants to challenge him, he says, no, I'm challenging myself, and always holds the title every time. Would you stop being stupid? <laughs> you can't. You always you can, do it. You could always, always be the champion this way. Think about it. You are absolutely ridiculous. And on that note, guys, <laughs> we are finished up here today. I hope you all enjoyed the show. Travis, uh, any last words before uh, you call me stupid more and I cry? Yeah, stupid. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll do our typical send-off here. Uh, 
Guys, thank you, as Ramsey said, for listening. As always, uh, go visit rumblingrumors.com where you can get match cards that are legit that I don't question again. <laughs> you know my favorite thing is, Travis, not to cut you off. My favorite thing is, is when you think when we're being serious and you, you think I'm still being serious and I turn it into a pun. I love it. Oh, isn't it punny? It's funny. <laughs> Okay, finish off. <laughs> all right. <laughs> anyway, visit com for all of your match card pay-per-views, articles, and non-spoilers, as well as free HD wallpaper designed by the man Ramsey himself. And I got you Halloween can... 2018 coming. Boom. You can always go and follow both of us on Twitter, at WWE Ramsey for Ramsey, and at Travis underscore Falhart for me. And you can go follow Rumbling Rumors on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook as well. And you all are lovely people for listening to us bicker and bitch back and forth like we do every single. But see, week. we turned it into funness at the end. It is. If you're we're all wrestling fans not, here. Yeah, if you're not satisfied with our wrestling podcast by the end of it and laughing in some form, then go listen to another podcast because we don't want you anyway. Yeah, true. Because uh, <laughs> if you're not enjoying it, then uh, yeah, well, yeah, true. All right, guys, you have a good one, Travis. You have a good one. Uh, everybody else in the room, have a good one. Go Cowboys. Oh, God. Bye. (laughs) Peace.